Let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the gift of your word. We give you thanks for the gift of this time. We give you thanks that you turn your ear to us, us and speak to us. God, guide us that we may be faithful. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome to what I assume in the video version is an extremely blurry version of a Scripture Talk. Uh, we are uh, continuing to wrestle with our ISP. Uh, I currently have 0.6 of a megabyte upload, so I, I did not magically become blurry. Uh, just I, but today I am blurry. So that's fun. Anyways, I am Pastor Trey Comstock. With me as ever is Go Brandy. Sister Brandy Dudley, how are y'all doing this evening? Um, and go Stacy. I'm Stacy Tyler and I'm in the dark. Yeah, um, and uh, Scott is not with us this evening. He is um, participating in a seminary class online that uh, did not give him um, a break of 30 minutes to come and talk to us. So Scott will be, be, will be back with us next week, um, as will hopefully be my internet. Uh, will be back with us next uh, week as well. But this is Scripture so Talk. Shout, oh, out to, oh. shout out to Scott. Shout out to Scott, um, not so much to Zito Media. Um, no. All right. <laughs> This is Scripture Talk, um, our weekly show where we take some time and look at uh, the Scripture for the week and see what it has for us. Our Scripture this evening is Romans chapter 13, uh, verses 8 through 14. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law, the commandments you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is near to us nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires." So this is, a, we, we had a piece from Romans 12, and this is obviously comes right after Romans 12 and Romans 13. This is part of the Roman, part of Romans where, uh, again, Paul has been setting up for all of Romans. Hey, we are saved by faith. Hey, everyone's included, whether you're Jew or Gentile. Hey, everyone, Jew or Gentile, needs this salvation, and everyone, Jew or Gentile, has access to it, right? Okay, so then... For the back half, for 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 is the shout-outs. But for the, you know, back four chapters of Romans, it is, then how are you to live, right? Given that we're all in, or all can be in, given that we have received this grace, what does that grace look like? What is that grace made practical? And so here we are. This is, you know, Paul giving his version of, of the love commandment. And in a way, it is 
you know, more specific, right? It doesn't just say like, hey, love your neighbor, that sounds nice. It is, look, the law says all these things. That's great. All of these things are ways that you love your neighbor, but love your neighbor is also way bigger than that. So, right, at no point, yo, obviously, you should not commit adultery, you should not murder, you should not steal, because that does harm to your neighbor, and anything that does harm to your neighbor uh, is not love, right? Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law, but it goes back to, it, it is not enough to not murder, it is not enough to not commit adultery, you need to take that next step of not actively harming, right, that's a, on a journey to love, uh, but to actually take care of your neighbor, that is love. See, I think Paul is uh, kind of piggybacking on what Jesus said sure, absolutely. back in the book of Matthew, because I, well, I need to go back a little bit further to the Old Testament, because there's over 600 plus laws in the Old Testament that if we were within that vicinity of obeying the law, we could never, never keep all that law. We'll be zapped with a lightning in a minute. So Jesus made it simple for us to follow the law by narrowing it down to two commandments, love right. God and love neighbor. So Paul is just kind of reiterating that and saying, yes, love God and love neighbor. And like you said, go the extra mile and do for your neighbor. Because we're so quick to say, well, I, I love my neighbor, but I don't feel like doing anything for him. You know, that's just how we are. And um, you, it's just real easy to say we love, but we need to do to, to go along with that love. Well, right. Can, you know, yeah, go ahead, Stacey. I'm sorry. It, it's just the, and the last time that I really, uh, uh, to think about this country because, uh, I mean, we consider everybody in the world our neighbor, but Absolutely. especially this country, the last time I've seen anybody get together and act like we loved each other was 9-11. Sure. And you guys, that was almost 20 years ago. Yeah. We, 19 years ago in two weeks, right? Two weeks, yeah. Just, just short. Yeah, just short of 19 years ago. And, but it, and again, it shouldn't take that kind of, you know, major traumatic, major tragic event uh, to bring us together, right? And, and, then, and then that happens often on, you know, family levels too, right? Where like uh, the funeral of someone can be a major event that brings folks back together. Having been to a lot of funerals, it can also be the major thing that tears people apart. Um, mm. But it, and it shouldn't be like that. We should be operating under this principle of you know, love and loving our, loving our neighbor, always defining that neighbor as broadly as possible, right? You know, we're going to, later in this series, we're going to look at the parable of the Good Samaritan. Well, never forget what the setup for the parable of the Good Samaritan is. The, the lawyer, uh, you know, the law, basically the love commandment is repeated, right? It is said in scripture, uh, you should love God with all your heart. That's Deuteronomy 6. That's the Shema. And you should love your neighbor as yourself. That's, De that's Leviticus 19. Uh, but the lawyer asked, the young lawyer asks, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus responds in this way, and he tells the parable of the good Samaritan. Well, the Samaritans were hated, right? And so who's the neighbor? If the neighbor is the hated Samaritan, that means everybody is your neighbor, whether you like them or not. 
and this is how you should treat everybody, whether you are naturally predisposed to like them or not. I had a friend, God rest his soul, that we had the same conversation. And uh, I told him, I said, well, you know, you are my neighbor. You, you are uh, my friend and you're also my neighbor. He said, you're not my neighbor. He said, I said, well, how is that that I'm not your neighbor? He said, you don't live next to me. <laughs> you're not, <laughs> yeah. you're right. not my neighbor. So I had to explain to him what we're talking about is that we are uh, believers together. We, we, we share the love of God with each other and we are neighbors. And uh, we have to remember in this that Paul is kind of instructing us that this is not a suggestion that we love right. each other. This is a commandment. This is what we are supposed to do. Right. You know, and even, even if, and, and, and we, we, uh, we know that, um, and, and we're struggling right now in the Methodist church with this, with the whole um, homosexual issue. Sure. I mean, yeah. even, even that, that is an abomination from God. We still, we still have love for those people. Right, right. So it is literally love for everyone, right? And where it gets, it gets, okay, so everyone is pretty used to hearing, right, from pastors, love people, right? Okay, great. Love all people. Great. It's when you start to get specific about that, the people get really uncomfortable, right? So for instance, uh, we are in a major moment of, uh, of, of racial upheaval. Um, that has kind of been going on uh, for months now um, and kind of hit a uh, particular um, kind of moment this past week uh, with the events in Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin. Um, and, and so we need to even look at those events from the perspective of loving our neighbor, knowing that everyone involved in that situation is our neighbor. So if you come from a more right-wing persuasion um, in this kind of country's highly divided politics, you need to look on the protesters uh, with love. And that's part of what this means, right? And if you are among the, pro if you are on the kind of left wing of our highly divided body politic, um, that means you must look on those find a way to look on those who stand in the way of what you stand for also with love. And, and that's where it becomes like really uncomfortable because the conversation often, uh, certainly in our nation right now is, you know, man, we like our team and to heck with the other guys, right? Like it's become that hyper divided. And what I always, what always makes me feel uncomfortable is when people who claim to be Christian also then are like, man, but we got to get those guys. And like, no, no, we don't. It is all still about love. Those people, whoever those people, whoever you think of as those people, those people are your neighbor. And we are called upon to, first of all, do not do them any harm. Uh, but also to then actively care and love them. And again, I understand that like that feels controversial, but that's the radical love of God. That's what we're talking about. 
And that's what we have to seek to live into. And, and if we would, as Christians, this would be a lot less divided of a place. Right. That's why it's important. It's important that we clothe ourselves with Christ, as is Paul suggested at the uh, end of our reading this evening, that it's important that we clothe ourselves with Christ so we won't have the urge to go out and fight. We won't have the urge to have jealousy of, of, toward one another. We'll be able to show that reckless love that Christ showed from the cross. And as he showed during, during his life, he ate and drank with sinners. He was with demon-possessed people, people that wanted to kill him, but he still loved them. If we put on Christ, we'll put on love and we'll be able to survive this. Well, think about. I'd like to know. What, go ahead, say something. I'd, I'd like to know. I'd like to know the history of prejudice myself because I like to know where this all kind of began with the uh, the the racial prejudice I mean, and. Uh, in some ways, it's as, it is as old as it is literally as old as time. If you want my actual my actual like theological answer to that, like that's part of what it what it means to be fallen, right? That prejudice towards another that seeing difference in another rather than the, their innate value in God is part of the like fallen nature of humanity, right? Like I actually think it gets to the nature of evil itself um, that seeks to divide us because what the kingdom of God seeks to do is unite us. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I did a sermon, I don't, God, who knows when, a thousand years ago, last year, someday, but while I've been here where I looked at the genetic similarities between humans, Right, and I showed a, a very good-looking picture of Martin Luther King, um, and a picture of myself, um, who is not very good-looking. Uh, he's an incredibly talented minister of the gospel. I am not, um, and we even still, as you know, I, we we have a very different skin tone. He is far more talented than I can ever be. Even Martin Luther King and I are ninety-nine point nine percent genetic similar. All humans are to a one thousandth, or excuse me, to a one hundredth. Yeah, to a one thousandth. Um, genetically similar. Only one one-thousandth of our DNA is different between any human. So the truth is, is even on a biological level, very little separates us. And yet, I think part of the nature of evil is part of the nature of the fall of fallen humanity is to look at that one one-thousandth of who, of who we are and make huge deals out of that, right? Um, you know, uh, is there a different, when I am setting up a camera for Brandy and I, do I have to make different camera settings? Yes, because our skin tones are on two different ends of a spectrum. But other than our camera settings, there is not a whole lot that is different, actually, between us, right? There are some visual differences, right? You know, Stacy, you are much taller than I am. I'm down here at five, nine and a half. I five ten on my driver's license, please. Um, also, one seventy five on my driver's license, please. Uh, I'm not always as honest as I should be, um, but like there is between the three of us on our call on this call, you know, uh, you know, a kind of a small, medium, and large in human terms, you know, uh, you know, uh, dark really? chocolate and you know, white as a sheet. Um, it, you know, okay, we look a little different. But there is only one one thousandth of our DNA is different. There is literally more that unites us than divides us. But because evil is a thing and because humanity has fallen, we take those tiny differences and blow them into 
a, a major difference uh, and, 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 and build whole fictions about people's abilities and people's worth and people's intelligence, none of which is real um, out of that. And that is, yeah, I mean, I think that is the nature of evil in the world and our participation in it. I, I, I feel very comfortable calling it evil. Um, and, you know, in some ways, if you don't think racism is evil, we got to have a real deep talk uh, because it is. It is a, it is a nature of, of evil and fallen humanity. We do have a couple of good comments um, in the chat. Um, Ken Diestraff threw a couple things in here. Uh, people who are my neighbors, people are still my neighbors if they are of a different religion. Yes. Um, uh, even Even beyond the like, hey, if you want to evangelize to somebody, maybe you should love them. Just even beyond the evangelistic aspect of that, just because they are a human, because they are a child of God, um, even if they don't know they're a child of God. Yes, you are to still love them. And that difference goes back to Cain and Abel, right? That goes back to kind of our very earliest days. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the same thing about Cain and Abel. You got two brothers, um, very child of God and everything, and one got jealous of the other because, because God has said to his offering instead of his and killed him. So it's been jealousy and prejudice from day one. It's just escalated now to where we're killing each other off. And that's like Trey said, it's just prime evil. Right. And, and again, I, I understand, I understand the nature, the, the political nature of what is happening in this specific moment um, is complicated, and I try to keep politics, like capital P U.S. politics, out of my ministry. Not because I don't hold political opinions personally. I do. I have a degree in political science. I have political opinions. Uh, but I also understand that part of my role as a pastor is to be able to talk to anybody, right? And to be a pastor to anybody. In our congregation, we have... Um, uh, Democrats and we have Republicans. Uh, we have people who are deeply committed to Black Lives Matter, and we have people who are deeply committed to thinking that's uh, that's not the way to say it, right? Um, we have people of all spectrum, and I got to be able to be their pastor. And so I, I try to stay out of the politics of this, only to say that I, I understand that particularly in this moment in our nation, everyone's got a side. Right, we are that we are very divided. You have mm-hmm. to love. We are called upon to love whoever is on the other side of that, whoever you think is wrong, whoever you think is just dead wrong and ruining this country. Right? Because I think on both ends of this are people who think the other side. However, you feel about the other side, they feel about you. Right? We are that divided. Uh, that actually what we are doing is called to love across that very specific divide. Um, and that's very relevant to Romans uh, because Jews are being told to love the Gentiles, even though the Gentiles have actively harmed them, actively harmed the Jews in recent living memory, as Paul writes Romans. And yet they are called upon to love. And we got to deal with that um, and, and reckon with that because uh, what I was going to say a while ago, and we got off on Stacy's excellent question, is mm. Christ died for the people that harmed him. Uh-huh. Christ died for uh-huh. the people who did him harm. Uh-huh. He, on the cross, says, Lord, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And Christ gave his life 
for those folks. Mm -hmm. And so if Christ, if the love of Christ that we are supposed to emulate is to love those who are so wrong that they put him to death, that's the standard of love that we are called upon to hold. And that doesn't mean we can't ever tell someone they're wrong. Accountability is also important. It's important in a Christian journey. But like, we've got to keep in view the depth of love that we are talking about here. Um, that as Paul puts here, it's not enough to just not hurt people. I mean, good. That's a really good place to start. Yo, don't hurt people. Don't kill people. Don't covet. Don't commit adultery. I mean, but that's obvious. It goes beyond that to active love. Even the people you think are dead wrong, even the people you think are detestable, they are not detestable. They are no more detestable in God's eyes than you are. And we are all children of God. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. Paul too is uh, presenting a second call within the scripture because he's pretty much telling us it's time for us to wake up. Yeah. We're mm -hmm. asleep. Get to we work. We are asleep. Get mm -hmm. to work. Get to work. He's telling us to uh, stop doing the things that reflect the darkness and yeah. start doing the things that reflect the light. Because well, I, I think mean, it's time I, to get busy. And I think that, that, you know, one of the reasons why I paired this with the Matthew 25, because in both cases, it's a little bit of turning up the heat, right? Of uh -huh. you have been told you're supposed to love people. Well, Jesus then reframes this as when we're standing at the final judgment, this is what I'm going to be looking for. Has your faith borne fruit? And here Paul is saying, the judgment is coming, get to work. You know, it's not necessarily fear you the wrath to come, but yo, flee you, fear you the wrath to come. Be aware it's coming. Be aware it's yeah, coming. Yeah, it's kind of, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. We need to turn our sword into plowshares. We need to uh, start loving and stop killing it's just time for us to have a revival and get love back on the scene. You know, like a, a, a different Paul said, love is all you need. Yes. <laughs> this is a slightly different definition of the love we're talking about. Part of, so that actually brings up an interesting point, right? So that song is kind of a part of kind of a major moment in hippie culture. But what hippie culture failed to do was actually create this movement that we need. It, it is wrapped in the imagery of, you know, free love, but that, you know, led to a lot of, you know, weird stuff happening in parks, but not necessarily mm -hmm. the global revival of love that we are needing. And that's not necessarily a, a poor reflection on the hippies. It's just to understand that what we're being called upon to do is hard. And that's, why the hippie experiment largely failed, um, that it was a little disorganized. Uh, but we actually have the power available for us to do this if only we will turn to God and let God direct us in the directions that we need to go. Because the thing that God is not going to tell you to do to is to hate another. God may tell you to, you know, lovingly hold another accountable, but God is never going to tell you to hate somebody else. God is always going to point you to the direction of love if only we would look to God. Right. And I think I think part of, well, a lot of the failure of the hippie culture to look for and get that utopian society that they were all looking for was they failed to realize and 
underestimated the power of humanity not caring. Right. They did not realize. Jesus knew well. Uh-huh. Yes. And and the, and the, and they didn't realize they didn't realize that the people are people, man. And we just can't like gather everybody up and go, okay, I'm sharing this with you and free love and free all of this. And that's it, it's a it was a fine thought, you know. It was a great it thought and beautiful. But, thought. but you gotta also live it. Well, and right, you gotta, a combination like, of uh-huh. some nice songs, some pretty colors, a lot of weed and LSD is not going to, you know, bring about the kingdom of God. It's a lot harder right. work than that. And right. that's why it took Christ's death on a cross. Um, there's a comment in the uh, chat uh, from Ken that I almost don't want to read because it, it's, it's nice to me. Um, he says, I've been thinking a lot about Trey's instruction. It's me. Um, uh, treating everyone as if they were Christ it sure changes how you see and act towards others. That, I mean, that is mm-hmm. why I said it, right? Um, and that, and again, I, I think that is not a, a super extreme interpretation of what's happening in Matthew 25, of like, what you do unto the least of these, you do unto me, right? And so that frames, you are not just supposed to, like, you know, pat your neighbor on the head and tolerate them. You're supposed to treat your neighbor, whether you like them or whether they are like easily likable or not as if they were Christ himself. And so if the person that you're yelling at on, if you were treating the person that you want to yell at on Facebook as if they were Christ himself, you might act differently. Right? Uh-huh. I would hope, like, I would hope so. Uh, right. It's a, it's a helpful tool because that's what I, I had in my sermon, believe it or not, that you, it will help you to treat your neighbor with love and respect if you treat them like if you were treating Christ. It's like, if I were helping y'all, I don't see your faces. I see Jesus' face. Right. And that helps me to try to do better and try to do right. And mm-hmm. even Paul said, let us live in a right way like people who belong to the day. So right. we got, like Stacy said, we got to live it. We can say it all day long, but we got to live it. And so, like, nope. some of that involves, you know, the kind of more, the, and Paul brings up the more personal morality stuff, right? Like, you know, don't be a drunkard. Don't be licentious. It's a great word. Um, you know, don't spend your life, chlor- don't spend your life fighting. Don't spend your life in jealousy. But it also means love your, what it means to live in the light is to treat everyone as if they were Christ himself, right? To lo- actively right. love even those that are hard to love. I mean, that is that is a part of what living in the day looks like, um, because anything else is the works works of darkness. That's right. And a lot of folks will say, "Oh, it's so hard to be a Christian." And all we can't have any fun. We can't have any parties or do any type of you know wild stuff or whatnot. It's kind of hard to be a Christian. They'll proclaim that real quick instead of just taking the time and learning. The ways of Christ, because the ways of Christ leads to life. Well, ways in the, the world ways, leads to this. In some ways, I think it's missing missing the hard part about being a Christian, right? Because look, Jesus went to parties. Like it's just like you maybe you act a little different at the party, but like you know you can hang out and have friends and enjoy life. Um, it, but the actual hard part about being a Christian isn't not getting high all the time. That's not actually the hard part. The hard part is how you are called upon to treat others. 
and the commitment that you make uh -huh. to love and serve God. And you have strength available to do that if only you would tap into it, right? Uh, you know, that kind of like clean living side of things is only the beginning, right? And it's because you fra reframe it this way, like it is not enough to be like not drunk all the time and not in the street fighting and then be constantly judging and mistreating other people. You have not somehow achieved a light, a, a, a light worthy life, right? A light that is shining, a life that is shining in the day. Uh, no, you've just made it to like six o'clock in the morning, but the sun ain't risen yet. Hmm. Right. I tell you what, I'll tell you, uh, what, what really I think uh, was hard as our, our Christian walk is to also realize and have to know that we have to put God first yeah, true. in everything. Absolutely. Every single thing we do, it starts with God. And again, we have as humans have a tendency to be selfish and want to put ourselves first. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of, uh, what Sister Brandy is talking about where people say, oh, it's hard. It's hard to do this. It's hard to do that. Well, it's not so hard to live and walk the walk if you put God first, because then you understand. Once you do that, then you understand it becomes clear and you go, oh, I still can party. I can still do this and that, but it's a whole lot different party. Right. Look, this is supposed, uh, we talked about a few weeks ago, this is supposed to be a party, right? This is, uh, you know, the parable of the prodigal son. Um, you know, you think about it's a parable, so it's symbolic. Uh, who, what is the church, right, in, in the parable of the prodigal son? If God is the father um, that welcomes uh, home the son, and the son is the you know, lost sheep who has wandered off from God's love, where is the church in that? Well, the church is the party that, welcome, that is the, the, the slaying of the fatted calf, you know, the party at the end of that, that's the church. Um, or the church is sometimes the brother going, hey, why didn't I get that stuff? Um, and I go, uh-huh, yeah, well, thank you, church member, for ruining this party. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> the church is supposed to be the party, not the other brother. Sometimes we're the other brothers, like, man, but I've been good this whole time, and he's getting the same thing I'm getting. Yep, that's the love of God, my friend. Nope. Tough luck. Fair doesn't always mean fair. Um, Oh, also, Ken Diestroff mentions he provided wine at that one party. Yeah, don't get me started on, on, on the church's weirdly unhealthy relationship to alcohol at this point in history. Um, that seems as good a place as any uh, to uh, cut it off. A thank you so much, live audience who joined us. A thank you so much to everyone, uh, whether you're watching this live or after the fact. If you have feedback uh, for us, uh, you can leave a message here on Facebook, where we're live right now, over on our YouTube channel, um, over on our website, uh, Palestine. Uh, Palestine Grace, yes, whatever, <laughs> over at our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash video, um, at, or at our email address, uh, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. Um, and and if you're watching back. this on YouTube, click like and subscribe. Yeah, click like, subscribe, all those things, you know, help raise our engagement scores. That just means more people um, get to see this show. We are not, if you search Scripture Talk on YouTube, we are not yet the first entry on it and that drives me nuts because the show is literally called scripture talk so the more engagement we can get on youtube the better this show is 
Um, if you need an audio-only version of the show for while you're driving, while you're working out, while you're doing whatever, doing dishes, um, you can search uh, Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. And we will be back with you next week uh, with another edition. And hopefully uh, Scott should be back with us as well. Um, also, remember, fear not. Stay well. God is with us. Oh, wrong sound effect. There we go. There it is. That's the right sound effect. I know the things yeah, to click. Yeah. We get We get to dance. Ow, that popped my neck. <laughs> <laughs>